Percy, can one's commitment to being intentional regarding the achievement of a goal or objective, can that produce the desired result? Wayne, absolutely. Of course, you know, we have heard success stories of individuals who may have stumbled into a favorable situation without much mental preparation or effort, but by and large, experiencing a favorable outcome in many cases will require first setting one's sights toward a desired end result prior to achieving that goal. Mm -hmm. And that is certainly true for those on a cancer journey as well. Let us have a conversation today about the powers of intentionality. All right, let's do it as we hear from a woman who decided to stay positive and grateful and intentional during her cancer journey to become more than a conqueror. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. I like the title this time, More Than a Conqueror. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, this is a famous quote. Uh, from the scriptures that basically encourages us to think and believe that we can do more than just conquer. We can be more than a conqueror. And that is certainly going to be true with the theme of the conversation for today when we speak to this young lady. Yeah. You know, more often than not, we do feature a guest on the program. Once in a while, we just have a good old-fashioned conversation, the two of us. But these guests that you find and come along, and they, they teach us so much, don't they? They're, they're unbelievable. And I just go back to my constant, you know, theme with regard to particularly the cancer conversation. You know, Wayne, think about it. Years ago, we never had open dialogue about cancer in any context at all. We were afraid to have the conversation, mm -hmm. to mention the word. But again, in my, you know, over two decades, I know that cancer patients, all of them have stories to tell, unique stories to tell that we can glean from and learn from. And that is certainly the case with today's conversation. So I'm grateful that we can continue to create this platform for that type of dialogue. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing, how grateful we are that we can do this each week and have these podcasts and have so many people listening. And thank you for listening to the podcast. If you haven't mm -hmm. subscribed as yet to get it automatically delivered so you don't have to think, hey, it's time to go get a podcast. It'll come to you if you subscribe at healthhopeandinspiration.com. There's also a question of the week that we like to pose each week. And Percy, you have this week's question all outlined here. Let's, let's let our listeners in on it. Absolutely. Our question for today that we want you to respond to and think about is, what was the most important thing you had to be intentional about during your cancer journey? For those of you who've been on a cancer journey, what was the most important thing you had to be intentional about during your journey? We'd All love right. to hear your feedback. Yeah, put your thinking cap on and uh, give it a shot at answering that question. We'd really appreciate it. You can do that at the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and then you'll have an opportunity to type in your response. What was the most important thing you had to be intentional about during your cancer journey? Well, Percy, let's open with Scripture now. Our spiritual nugget for today is found in Ephesians, the third chapter, verse number 20. And it says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh 
in us. And I believe that uh, our guest today quoted this scripture as one of her favorite scriptures as well. But it speaks to, again, the, the theme and the dynamic of today's conversation, because when we begin to understand who God is and he, he working in us, it helps us to be able to be empowered, to be intentional, to believe that there are things that are possible to be done even if it may not look possible. And so with that today, uh, we want to be encouraged by this word of God that tells us that unto him, being God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all above that which we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Percy recently talked with our guest, and you'll hear that conversation in a moment. But if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America with City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy? Well, hey, 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 it's me. I'm back again, Pastor P. I have with me as a special guest, uh, Sister Sanja uh, Soser, and she is from Guyana, and she is an author. She's written a book uh, entitled, I Am More Than a Conqueror, but she is uh, an early stage breast cancer patient who, as a matter of fact, at the time of this recording, yesterday, she just finished up her last chemo treatment, and we're excited to hear that. And she's going to continue on with some next steps with uh, immunotherapy. Uh, she will still be actively receiving that therapy, but she is doing well and feeling fine, and she'll tell us all about that. Uh, she's a mother uh, of a five-year-old. She's a wife. Uh, she is the president and founder of an organization called Christ Conquers Cancer. How about that for a title? We'll get into some of that as well established last year. And so today I want to welcome you to the show. How are you doing, Sister Sanja? Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story. Well, really, the privilege is all mine. I just get to moderate this unbelievable, uh, I believe, uh, wave of, of discussion that is so needed and necessary in our country, and particularly within uh, the church faith community. And you really fit the bill of being able to speak to that. But before we get into some other juicy stuff, let's first start back with, number one, the day that you were told, the first day when you heard that you had cancer, where were you and what ran through your mind when you heard the words, you have cancer? Yes, I was diagnosed um, in November 2021 with breast cancer. And I was sitting at my desk like I'm sitting now when I received the news. I had had a biopsy two weeks prior to hearing the news. Mm -hmm. um, but my doctor was on vacation and no one at her office would provide me with the results mm. um, because they said that only the doctor could provide me with that information. So I was waiting a long time to get the news and it was, I was anxious and so forth. However, a week before receiving the news, I actually had a dream that my biopsy was positive and it was cancerous. Wow. So I believe that God was preparing me for the negative news 
before I heard it from the doctor. Okay. Um, but it was still devastating nonetheless because my mom had died of uterine cancer eight years ago. Okay. And I have an other relative or two other relatives who were who fought um, cancer. So you have as a history in your family cancer, and that is true for a lot of people. And, you know, we should all be aware of the fact that the the most recent statistics, and I know people of faith sometimes says, well, we shouldn't talk about numbers, but uh, just from an educated perspective, according to the American Cancer Society and all of the other major cancer uh, organizations that report data, that, uh, that it is estimated that approximately 39% of Americans at some point will be diagnosed, prospectively diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lifetime. And so when you sit and think about that, I think that's like one in three people. That's a lot of people. And we need to understand the fact that uh, that this disease is in our midst and we can't ignore it. We can't talk it away. Uh, but we can certainly uh, apply our faith as well as good medical care to, to respond. And that's exactly what you did. You heard that you were diagnosed with cancer. I would imagine that then you had to share that information with your family, your husband, and et cetera. How did that go? And how did he react when you told him you had cancer? Yes, yes. So, I mean, my husband is also a man of faith. So two things, um, despite receiving the negative news, I decided that this was the time that I needed to apply all that I had learned when I was a little girl growing, growing up in Sunday school and in church now. You know, we always hear the Bible stories and how God is a healer. Yeah. So that I decided that this was the time. If there was no better time to, to have faith and believe and to stay positive. So that was the first thing yeah. that I did. The second thing is, um, I didn't immediately share it with everyone okay. um, because I wanted to make sure that I, I had the right people speaking into my life. Important. I yeah shared with, I, 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 first of all, I established a prayer team. I reached out to a few people specifically mm. that I knew that would pray and stand with me. And then um, I remember someone giving me some advice that everybody doesn't have to know everything. You know, um, some people get a, a, a sentence, some people get a paragraph, and some people get the whole story. Correct. And that's sort of to protect yourself initially, especially when you're not ready to share, because you have to be careful. Because uh, a lot of times people want to be well-meaning. People want to say things, but they don't know what to say. That Often you get somebody say, oh, you know, my so-and-so had cancer, but they died. That's not a good thing to be sharing. No, with no you're right. But they don't know. Yeah. Right? yeah. So. Uh, that was great wisdom. I'm a, I'm a cancer patient, a cancer survivor myself. Three years ago, I was diagnosed with early stage colon cancer. And you're exactly right. There needs to be a strategy and an execution on who when and how much information you share so you uh you heard right and whoever gave you that information god bless them because they told you correct uh everything is not for everyone and there are certain portions of stories and elements of your story that needs to be told and that and needs not to be told so there is a uh, again a, a strategy there uh you, mm -hmm, you received mm -hmm. chemotherapy you sought you sought clinical care and uh, receive uh, chemotherapy. Let's talk just a little bit about your journey. Uh, you shared with me just before we started recording, you know, the path of, of having chemotherapy, and it's a very favorable one. Let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so um, I received two referrals for an excellent surgeon in my area. Um, and what sat well with me is that I actually heard, I was told that he prayed for his patients yeah 
before sur- surgery. And I was, and I ha- had to have a mastectomy yeah. uh, with a reconstruction. Yeah. So the day of surgery, he actually prayed for myself, my husband. He prayed for his surgery, for the surgery, and as well as his the, his colleagues. <laughs> And that totally put me at ease. Not you wouldn't often find surgeons that do that, but he did, and I felt it was a total blessing to be in his care. Um, a really nice gentleman. So I just thank God for that. And um, and I'll let me interject because I just wrote a, a piece for uh, a Christian magazine talking about this very dynamic uh, with regard to is it okay for you as a patient to ever ask. Uh, your your medical team, your doctor, your surgeon, if it's okay uh, to pray and to have prayer and or to pray for he and his team. And so thank God that you were able to partner with a physician and a surgeon that was open to that because it, it just gives you so much sense of comfort of, of partnership. And so I'm glad to hear that you had that. Continue, please. Yes. And very important. I shared, I'm sharing my story on Instagram. And one of the things that I recently shared, one of the posts I did, and I got a lot of great responses that we need to pray over everything. Every chemo session. First, I took a a bottle of anointing oil. I anointed um, my um, drugs and every chemo session, my husband and I prayed over our drugs. That is very, very important. Yes, we prayed when we were at home, but we stretched out our hands and prayed over the drugs. We have to do that. Well, what I love about this is the fact that what you did not do, which happens with so many well-intended believers, is you did not ignore taking advantage of your medical care and just said that I'll just use my faith and I'll just stay home and I'll just pray over myself. You combine the best of those worlds together. And it's been my mission now for 26, 27 years that those two worlds do not have to be mutually exclusive one to another, that they can work together. And I am so happy to hear that you were able to exercise your faith while also receiving good clinical medical care. And so with that being said, Here you are today. You look fantastic. You sound great. Uh, Again, as stated, you just finished your last session of chemotherapy and you're about to start some immunotherapy, which is one of the new exciting kind of therapies that are being made available that are having very good results with people. Uh, And so for those of you out there, make sure you talk to your medical doctor and ask them about the possibility of being able to utilize immunotherapy. Again, you have this, you know, this great organization called uh, Christ Conquers Cancer. What did you learn as a result of being a cancer patient that you didn't know prior to having cancer, either about yourself, about people, about your faith walk? What did you learn during and after having cancer that you did not know prior to having cancer? Yeah, well, the most important thing I learned is that it was important to stay positive, Mm -hmm. to be grateful, and to be intentional. And I'll share more about that later. And I wanted to say something around about being intentional. Okay. Because when I was initially diagnosed with breast cancer, I didn't really know anyone who had breast cancer. As I stated, there was cancer in my family, but it was uterine cancer. And I was actually introduced to a group a few days before my surgery. Yeah, let's hear about this group because I'm a little yeah. familiar with what you're going to say here. And I'm excited to hear this information. Yeah, in January of this year, um, it was a cancer exchange ministry at Antioch Baptist Church in Fairfax, Virginia. Okay. 
And the leadership there, Miss Joyce and someone else, went through our journey of hope, which is, I believe, is your organization. Yes. There was a training that they attended in 2018 to establish the ministry at the church. Yes. Um, now, remember, it's like a few days before my surgery, all the various thoughts are going through my mind. But when I met with this group, they were so positive, so encouraging. Everyone had a wonderful attitude, even though they were facing different challenges. I felt encouraged uh, and that I could do this. And they are still falling along with me um, throughout this journey. Um, we just had our last meeting for the summer um, last week, Sunday. And I actually, they're, they're very loving, very encouraging. Uh, we also have like a Christian comedian um, who attends it. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny. And we, uh, even one of the sisters there, Sister Rochelle, texts me every single day wow. words of encouragement. Every single day. Well, so that's awesome. Because and, mm -hmm. and what I'm excited about is, you know, we started, I started the Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program 18, 19 years ago. And it was such a struggle to kind of get that off the ground and to even get pastors and churches to buy into the idea of the need for having a cancer care ministry. At that time, many pastors and churches would tell me, well, we, we pray for our members and, you know, we, we, we take them a meal and we'll see them at the hospital. And I said, you need to be able to do more than that. And all of those things are great, but there's so much more from a support perspective to the cancer community. So I'm so excited about hearing about this church in Fairfax, Virginia, who had a cancer care ministry trained by Our Journey of Hope. If you're interested, go to OurJourneyOfHope.com. All of the training is absolutely free and that it reached you. And here you are today. You've started your own organization called Christ Conquers Cancer. Tell us a little bit about the, the motivation and the intentionality, as you said, about this ministry and organization that you're the president and founder of. Yes. Uh, when you receive a cancer diagnosis, the cancer diagnosis, the cancer treatment, all of those things can speak to us louder than God's word. Yeah. But the goal with Christ Conquers Cancer is to put God's word above cancer. Mm. Um, cancer is not in control. God is. And one of the reasons I started this journey, and I'll be sharing more later, is to be able to have people remember that um, I wrote a couple of affirmations and those kinds of things so that people can remember again that God is in control, not the cancer. That's why Christ conquers cancer. And again, you're right. We will talk more about that and particularly this book that you've written. It's a journal called I Am More Than a Conqueror. And we're going to dedicate a whole nother segment just to talk about that but for now, let's just do this. And I want to make people aware of the fact that you are doing well. You sound fantastic. You are energized and engaged. Uh, with that being said today, and you said that, you know, your, your chemotherapy, you went through chemotherapy fairly well with very few side effects, correct? That is correct. And one of the things that I wanted to mention, um, because I prayed one thing, I, I believe in medicine and I also believe in prayer. Yeah. And so... I prayed. I said, God, I want to go through with little or no side effects. Okay. That was my specific prayer. Two, um, they talked about movement, mm. how movement was so important. Oh, yeah. I'm a runner. And so 
they said, if you don't feel like moving, if you don't feel well, still get up and move. Yes. It's counterintuitive. So I walked a mile every day, yes. regardless how I felt. And actually, the days that I could run, I ran. I, now, I'm accustomed to running, you know, five, ten miles. And so I could sure. not do that. But I couldn't even get over, get over two miles. Mm-hmm. But I made sure that I was doing some sort of movement. And they said that is one of the things that helped me a lot. And to your point, what we know and what I've learned over, again, over two decades working with uh, our therapists, our physical therapy, people uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America now uh, with City of Hope out of uh, California, is the fact that our bodies were made for motion. That's why we have so many moving parts and joints, because it's all our body is designed for movement and movement helps to enhance healing and recovery. When I had my surgery, I had a third of my colon removed uh, and I borrowed this statement from a good friend of mine by the name of Jerry Rose, who also had colon cancer. I tell people, just call me uh, Reverend Semicolon. Uh, but when I had a third of my colon removed, the very first thing they made me do the day of my surgery, the day of my surgery is that they made me get up and walk. And for each day, they say, try to walk a little bit more. And when you get home, try to walk because walking or movement helps to promote the healing process. So I'm glad to hear uh, that you were able to take uh, advantage of that and that, that you did that. It's a nice tidbit for someone listening today. Keep in motion. We used to call it the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, motion for life. When the body is moving, the body is thriving. Obviously, you need to pace yourself and be mindful of your limitations, but don't sit still and don't lie still. Lastly, with the few seconds that we have, God, I can talk to you all day, but we're going to have a second segment, so we're going to talk more in a little bit <laughs> on another segment is uh, at this stage of the game, uh, Sister Sanja, you know, you've written a book, uh, a journal, you've started a, a Christ Conquers Cancer ministry and organization. Uh, you are moving in the direction of being a cancer survivor, still working through some active treatment, but you're recovering. What is it today that still gives you hope? That uh, it's just something that you know that could perhaps maybe will take you out. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but God is in control, not the cancer. Today, you have heard from Sister Sanja Solser. She has written a book called I, a Journal, I Am More Than a Conqueror. And we'll put the information on the show notes on where you can get that. Please support this. It's a great uh, journal. I've had the chance to look at it. I have it in my possession right now. She's president and founder of Christ Conquers Cancer. And she is here to declare that uh, cancer should not be considered the big C. Take care and God bless. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm just sorry that conversation came to an end. I'd like to hear Sonia talk some more. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have the opportunity to do that. Um, as I've learned with a lot of our, our guests, and particularly those who have written books, as was the case for her, that I, I didn't want to lose the story of their cancer journey. And I wanted to make sure that we give ample time to talk about, you know, the the purpose for whatever they have written. And so on a second show, you know, coming down the pipeline, we'll talk specifically about her journal. And Good. it's very powerful. And we'll hear really uh, the backdrop and the motivation for that uh, on another time. Good. All right. Well, watch for that coming up in the future then. With locations in Atlanta and Chicago and Phoenix, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer care center, is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine 
with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of Sevilla Hope, or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, I want to take you back to what our guest was talking about today. What a positive, uh, just that attitude just makes all the difference in the world, I think. It absolutely does. And I recall my surgeon speaking with me uh, and we had previously had a, a relationship prior to as well as my GI. And they both said to me, just based upon me knowing you, you know, uh, your attitude and your disposition is going to be very helpful for you because at the end of the day, there's something to be said about a disposition of positivity. And I know that that's not always, you know, the easiest thing to do being a cancer patient. And I want to recognize that. But being able to muster up the ability to have a, a positive outlook and a positive uh, perspective uh, really does go a long way. And there's actually some some journals and some scientific research that speaks to uh, the aid and the assistance of a positive attitude. But along with that, you know, what really drove uh, Sanja's disposition is her faith, her mm -hmm. belief yeah. that. And it's the reason why we read the scripture that we did, because she just simply had made up in her mind. And I believe this, I may have the quote correctly here is that. You know, at the end of the day, Christ is bigger and larger than cancer. And I think she used the word period. That was it. That was all <laughs> in her head. Yep. And so she had predetermined that uh, going into that process, that good things were going to happen to her and that she was going to be very intentional. You know, she prayed over her chemotherapy. She prayed over her therapist. Uh, she covered herself, if you will, uh, in the positivity of the hope of the word of God and the promises of God in believing that, you know, Christ can conquer cancer and right. that that's her theme and that's her ongoing belief system. Right. Well, I normally do this towards the end of our conversation, but why don't you circle back on that scripture right now, since it's, it's integral to what we're talking about here in, uh, in what Sonia told us. Yeah, that makes sense. It's Ephesians 3, verses 20, and it simply says, Now unto him, being God, that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And that was certainly uh, the dynamic and the driver. She believed that her God is bigger than cancer and that her God lives inside of her and therefore he could do anything and all things even beyond what she may even be able to think or ask. And so she was intentional about that. She yeah. simply set the atmosphere and the expectation of that I am going through this with joy, with positivity and with expectation, and I'm gonna rejoice and, and good things are gonna happen to me. And sure enough, that's exactly what took place. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. <laughs> uh, the word intentional comes up when you, when you think of what she was talking about. Intentional about, first of all, prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, you know, we, we know that we, people of faith, uh, utilize and believe in the power of prayer. It's our way to communicate uh, to God. It's, it's, it's how we connect with God. But prayer also brings about a power that can work in us and around us mentally and emotionally. Uh, prayer can calm us. 
prayer can strengthen us. So prayer has a lot of uh, dynamics to it. And so she was very intentional in, and if I use this word out of context, forgive me, weaponizing prayer, you know, prayer <laughs> became a to me, weapon. Yeah. Okay. So prayer became a weapon, not just a, a platitude or something that, you know, as we just casually throw around, well, pray for me or I'll pray for you. Uh, keep me in your prayers. No, she, she used that as a weapon, as a tool that she empowered and enabled herself to continually work through whatever challenges and circumstances she may have faced to say that uh, I can do this, I am going to do this, and I'm going to get on the other side of this. And so God bless her for that that premeditation hmm. in being intentional with regard to prayer. Well, let me ask you, because you have interacted with uh, people going through a cancer journey through the years, just I'm, I would imagine hundreds and maybe thousands of patients. Is this common to have this kind of attitude? Well, I would say this. I think that it really depends on uh, the mental state of an individual. And I certainly, with regard to, I think, their, their spiritual base that they may or may not have. And, and I want to be, uh, as a disclaimer, I simply do want to say this, that sometimes it's difficult to try to maintain a, an intentional disposition of, of positivity, of hope. And so uh, it really just depends on the individual, uh, their support group, their tribe, what is surrounding them in order to maintain that dynamic, because certainly cancer patients can and are in many cases challenged. And there are sometimes ebb and flow, good mm -hmm. days and bad days. Yeah, and I sure. think that that's okay as well. And so we need to make sure that we're fair about that for those that'll say, well, every day wasn't a positive day for me. And every day I wasn't, uh, you know, operating with joy. And that can happen. And that's quite okay, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. And as you're indicating, this is where we all come into the picture, because we need to be the ones surrounding our dear loved one who's going through cancer with that kind of positive attitude and prayer. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it matters with regard to the type of support that we receive and the environment that we're, we're, we're in also. And one of the things that I think is important with respect to this, because what was interesting, and I, I want to highlight it right now, I think we have a little time, Wayne, sure. is that she connected with uh, a, a Our Journey of Hope trained church in Virginia that initially uh, uh, made themselves available to her, and she was not a member of their congregation. So I want to highlight a couple of things mm -hmm. here, because we encourage our journey, people, churches to be trained with Our Journey of Hope. Go to OurJourneyOfHope.com for free cancer care church ministry training that you can receive. And for the churches that actually go through that training, we encourage them to open their doors to people who are not members of their congregation because there could be people in their in their community, again, talking about a tribe, talking about a support group that may be looking for someone to support them. And this was the case of Fasanja. And she found this church in, in, in the Virginia area and they embraced her and ingratiated her. And at the time of the recording, she said they are still in contact hmm. with her, nurturing her and supporting her. So to your point, yeah, it matters, you know, because sometimes it's hard to stay positive by yourself and yeah. alone. Yep. And so having someone that is uh, encompassing you with the disposition of hope, with the disposition of positivity, with the ability to encourage your prayer life does and can make a huge difference. And so, uh, as we say, being a cancer patient is not a solo sport. Hmm. This is a team sport. It's a team disease. People around you are impacted and people around you can also help impact you and keep you in a mode, if you will, uh, and a trajectory that will allow you to continue to manage 
and work through the challenges of being a cancer patient. It's got to be gratifying to you to hear that after all you've put into our journey of hope and to see that kind of result. That that's exactly what you want to happen. It, it boggled my mind because that is, that was always the intent, and that was to reach one that can reach one who can reach one. And when we do that, it is an amazing power, and that's exactly what happened. So thank you for that local church. I believe they were in Fairfax, uh, Virginia, I believe it was. And so we send a shout-out to you, and thank you for reaching outside of the four walls of your local church uh, to find Sanja and, and others who may be looking for uh, cancer care support from a faith-based group, but they may not be members of your congregation. Yeah. Wow. All right. Give us the website one more time for Our Journey. Our Journey of Hope. For anyone that is interested, it is free, free, free. I cannot tell you how many emails I get from people saying, I didn't see any cost because there is no cost, okay? <laughs> I know we live in America and we think we have to pay for everything, <laughs> but in this particular case, this program has been and still is free of charge. You can go to ourjourneyofhope.com, ourjourneyofhope.com. Dot com one word all lowercase letters and you can uh, access all of the information and you can register for any free virtual the trainings are all virtual uh, online and we will make all of the curriculum available to those who register and sign up and you can receive this free training well over 3,000 churches that we've now trained wow. in internationally uh, as well as within the United States on how to be and fight back cancer with those inside of the local faith community. That is fabulous. One Praise thing I've God. not mentioned yet today is our free resource, the Battle mm-hmm. of the Mind. And mm-hmm. uh, Sonia is, is winning that battle, isn't she, with this positive Absolutely. attitude uh, and the scripture that you raised. But the Battle of the Mind is available for download. You may find this helpful, and I urge you to go to our website. Uh, you want to say a word about it? Well, first of all, we have well over 40 free online resources. Again, all free, all online resources about various different topics, finances, children whose parents have cancer, et cetera, dealing with fear, uh, how to have hope. Uh, uh, We have resource about uh, foods of the Bible. Please go. All of it is free, and that is found on healthhopeandinspiration.com. But the battle of the mind is exactly what the title states, and it's exactly the show that we had today, is that in many cases, the battle first is in our thinking, in our consciousness. If we don't think that we can win, if we don't think that we can be successful, if we don't think that there's a possibility, then we won't be inspired to fight for that and to move in that direction. I often have said this, it's been a while since I've said it, Wayne, but you can't tell people to swim to the other side if you don't give them a shoreline to swim toward. Yeah. And so with that, because uh, the battle of cancer is a swim, and sometimes it's a marathon and not a sprint. Mm-hmm. So what is going on inside of your thinking and in your mind, this resource will help you to kind of counteract some of the negative thoughts and challenges that may happen to one mentally on a cancer journey so that you can have a shoreline to swim toward as you go to the other side. And so download it. It's free of charge. Share it with anyone. And again, please pass it around. Healthhopeandinspiration.com for that free resource or any of these free resources. That's what we're highlighting this week, the battle of the mind. And also answer this week's question, what was the most important thing you had to be intentional about during your cancer journey? What a great guest. What a great conversation today, Percy. Thank you so much. I think that's going to do it for now, though. Yep, so we'll just close and read our opening scripture and we'll close strong. 
Ephesians 3, and again, in closing, remember this, folks, and you heard it uh, directly from Sonia with her disposition. Now unto him, being God, that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Remember, we've got work to do, folks, so let's keep chopping the wood. God is not done with you yet, and we're standing and believing that the best is still yet to come in your life. Thank you, Pastor P. We'll see you next time. And thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.